Hello, everyone. Welcome to Something Real. Uh, we will have less, maybe less, I hope not less, pop culture banter today. Maybe not, because uh, we have a special guest today. Uh, I have Suzanne Cole joining me, uh, Rich. Actually, we need to keep Rich in our prayers mm -hmm. because he um, underwent eye surgery this uh, last week, the end of last week, and he is at home recovering. Um, I hope he's watching the live stream right now or later because it probably is not great to stare at a computer screen in his condition. Oh, he's but... been binge watching um, Disney Plus shows. So oh, well, good. then I have no sympathy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully he's watching this right now. Hello, Rich, if you are, but uh, please keep him in your prayers for fast healing and uh, no pain or discomfort because that yeah. sounds pretty awful. Yeah. Um, but I am lucky to have Suzanne Cole with me here today. If you're listening to this, you can't see my motioning to her, but if you're watching on the live stream, you can. Oh, yeah, uh, and I waved. And she waved. Let's let's describe everything. <laughs> um, Suzanne is uh, one of our missionaries that we support at Real Life. She is a missionary in Hungary, and she's here for the summer. So she spoke uh, this last Sunday during our church service, and I really enjoyed it. <laughs> so um, we will get into a, a few questions for Suzanne here. But first, I know that you've been on once before on the podcast. Mm -hmm. And you every time you come uh, back to real life here, you, you usually give an update on what's going on with, yeah. with your uh, serving and over there at your school that you work at. So why don't we start with that and just give a little update for those who might not know or might be watching or listening for the first time what you do and, and what's been going on over the last year. Okay. Yeah, so this time, if you don't, I guess if you don't know me, if you listen to this podcast, but you don't actually live in the area or come to real life, I um, have been a missionary in Hungary for 12 and a half years now. I um, am Rich's sister-in-law, actually, Pastor Rich's sister-in-law. He's married to my sister. And uh, so I am actually, uh, have been with real life since its founding in 2003. Um, I was in college here at Bethel um, in Mishawaka. Um, and so I'm actually a founding member of Real Life, um, and then they have been uh, my sending church actually since since I left for Hungary. So I moved to Hungary in 2010, uh, coaching baseball and softball actually, working and playing um, there, doing that with uh, as ministry, uh, building relationships with uh, local kids in um, just outside of Budapest in a small, actually a large suburb, and then now I work in a small town, but. Um, and then I started teaching at the International Christian School of Budapest in the fall of 2010, and I went full-time in 2014 at the school um, and stepped away from baseball and softball. I think I stepped away from softball at the end of 2016 um, and have just been teaching full-time at the school and coaching uh, basketball and volleyball. Um, yeah, so that's kind of, in general, what I do. I work with a mission called Operation Mobilization. It's a... They don't actually send teachers. Um, yeah, I wondered about that when you talked about of, it Sunday. Yeah, that's not a thing that OM does, but I went with them doing sports ministry, and then when I okay. went into the school, I just stayed with them. And um, the baseball coach's wife does the same thing. Like, she's mm. technically with OM, but she teaches at ICSB. But um, OM actually doesn't send teachers to international schools. That's not a thing that they do. So we're kind of anomalies in their organization. Um, but, yeah, so OM supports my finances mostly. They take care of my making sure I have what I need on the field and my insurance and all that stuff. What but do they typically do? They do more. Uh, they're very literature-based. Oh. Um, I think OM was founded uh, in 1957, I think. George Verwer, he'd started, he was taking literature into Mexico 
like after he became a believer. Um, and then they just did a lot of smuggling in the communist era, uh, a lot of literature. But today they do, um, a, they do a lot of different things, English camps, uh, literature distribution. Uh, I, I know, and like, I remember visiting a friend in London and we just sorted literature that was in so many different languages mm -hmm. and especially Arabic Oh. Uh, based languages where they try to minister to Muslims in London because there's a huge Muslim population there. Um, and then they also have their sports link, their arts link and dance link. So these are, it's a sports ministry, dance ministry, and all different sorts of arts, okay. um, music and arts ministry. So they're working a lot in what they call pioneering initiatives, which is kind of unconventional ways of doing ministry that um, is it mostly directed toward kids and teens? No, or? not necessarily. Okay. There is definitely a lot of that. Like we have this uh, thing called Teen Street every year. There's definitely some focus on teenagers um, and youth. Uh, but like in our baseball ministry, we work with anybody who's, mm -hmm. you know, still young enough to play baseball, which can get up into their 50s, obviously. Right. Uh, so, but just using things other than classic church planting right. and evangelism um, to build relationships with people and draw them into um, encountering the Lord. You know, that's what kind of OM does with, that's cool. you know, arts and sports and, and dance and things that um, people are attracted to, people want to do. So relationship building. Yeah, exactly. So we do that. And then, and then obviously at ICSB, it's all about relationship building right. too. And, um, you know, academic achievement, but building relationship with your students and, um, getting at the the issues of the heart i actually am working on a seminar right now for some some um certification that i have to do and he was talking yesterday he said if you don't care about the issue of the heart of your students and what why like what is the causal core of what they mm. do mm. you have no business being a christian school teacher right. because sure. that's really what's important um even above and beyond academic achievement so you know, we really are working hard on not just helping you get A's in school, but why are you motivated to do the things you do? And what is, where is the Lord fit into all of that in your life? You know, so. Right. You mentioned on Sunday, I'm going to brighten us up a little bit because we okay. can get the frame right issue. Um, you mentioned on Sunday uh, that ICSB basically got started um, after a push of missionary families into hungry. Yeah. Um, and now that's kind of shifted over the years. So what do you, and it, it intrigues me when you talk about uh, non, I don't want to label anyone, kids and teens there who aren't necessarily following Christ right. that's, that go to this Christian school. So right. they kind of have an idea of what they're going to get yeah. when they go there. You would think. You would think. <laughs> I would think. So, so what's been your experience with that? Why do you think that they're is it just because their it's it's just because the school is there? Is it just there's a number of reasons. Uh, they want their kids to have an education in English, okay, uh, so that their kids will be incredibly fluent. I mean, they right. are Hungarian kids. By the time they graduate high school, they don't even have an accent mm -hmm. unless they choose to keep it. Okay, you know, because they speak perfect English, and that's a huge motivation. Um, they know that we're nice, <laughs> <laughs> well, and we uh, are loving. And so that's a big motivation. Um, European culture, and I think especially Eastern European culture or formerly Eastern European culture, um, I think the teachers in the public school are nice, but it's a shame-based culture. You could see mm -hmm. that in coaching as well. 
the coaches were, were always so negative and they were just always telling you what you did wrong and hardly ever telling you what you did right. You know, there wasn't a lot of encouragement. And I think in teaching, that's the case as well, you know? And so to come to a school where the teachers are encouraging and kind and loving, and they care about more than your grades, that's very attractive to people. And so those kind of factors really, I think, and then they're willing to say, what's amazing to me is non-believing kids who come into our school and then tell us that we're shoving Jesus down their throats. And I'm like, well, you're in a Christian school. There's a sign Mommy, on right. the door <laughs> right. that says this is a Christian school. Right. When you come into the school, we show you our statement of faith. We show you everything about who we are. There is absolutely no reason right. for you to be shocked right. be that we want to tell this. you about Jesus, right. you know, because we're pretty clear about that. Right. So that always makes me laugh a little bit because... You know, they're just mad because they don't, they want the English education. They want the nice, loving teachers, but they want us to shut up about Jesus sometimes. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to. Sorry. Not sorry. (laughs) You also mentioned that, you know, as much as you might try, not every kid that graduates from ICSB is going to come to Christ, at least not at that point. And that's got to be kind of discouraging, especially if you see them through all several years of their education. Yeah. It's very discouraging. Um, but it's always a good reminder too, you know, like I just, I spent seven years as a softball coach. And uh, in that time, one girl uh, came to faith and I don't think it was because of me. It was because we took her to youth group. And, um, and I love that. She actually quit playing softball because she was too busy spending time at the church. And I was oh, like, nice. I'm fine with that. Right, like, right. That's fine. <laughs> I miss you. I love you, but right. that's great. Um, but then like nothing for seven years. And I was telling them and and loving them and doing all the things. Um, And then as soon as I left and they got new coaches, like three girls decided to follow Christ. And I was like, okay, fine. (laughs) Thank you, God, for the lesson that it's not about me and it's not about my timing. And so that consistent reminder, like I can, you know, this class that just graduated, I love them so much. And they were, it was so discouraging that it just felt like they were refusing to Mm. give us the satisfaction of knowing that they had made any progress in their faith, you know? And I just, it was a good reminder to be like, you know what? It's not, it's not about me. I, we did everything that we could to point these kids to Jesus, to teach them the truth, to teach them about the love of Christ. And uh, now we have to let them go and and let God take over. Right. And, you know, not that we weren't letting God take over before, but that right. we've done our part. Right. We've done what, do. what we are called to right. do. And it's not about what I want, but but about what God is working. So, And you, I, I'm trying to be smooth and tie that into what you talked about yeah. on Sunday. Um, and it's it really intrigued me. Uh, the you, you gave a should I call it a sermon? Is that fair to say? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> um, a, a sermon about uh, success and mm-hmm. the definition of mm-hmm. success. Mm-hmm. And I write for a living and I basically do what people, I write articles about what people tell me to write about. And it struck a chord with me because I'm seeing more and more frequently articles like how to become an influencer on TikTok Mm -hmm. and how to make your dog a social media star (laughs) and things like that. And um, that's fine, great, but it's becoming very prominent. Um, And so it's interesting to me to see, I guess, essentially where that's starting from. And because you work with, what's the age groups that you work with? 
Uh, 14 to 18. Okay. So like school. prominently, I think it starts in that age group. Mm -hmm. um, this kind of, I don't want to call it an obsession, but maybe sometimes it is with yeah. celebrity culture, with influencers, mm -hmm. people like that. And so when you see these kids graduating and you mentioned one boy who wants to become a rapper and, yeah. you know, have yeah. all this fame and fortune and, yeah. you know, good for him. But um, the the definition of success that these kids are seeing, mm -hmm. I guess I, I what I wanted to ask you on Sunday, but I'll ask you now, <laughs> um, why do you think that is? Like, it, it seems, and maybe it's just because of social media, maybe mm -hmm. it's because of the tech forward world we're living in, where there's more exposure to everything. Mm -hmm. But it seems like celebrity culture and influencer culture is has a greater hold today than it has in the past. Yeah. And I wonder, because you're around that age group a lot, mm -hmm. um, what do you see? Like, why do you think that is? Well, actually, I spend a lot of time thinking about this. Good. Um, <laughs> and what's interesting is, you know, like when I was growing up, I loved movie stars. Right. You know, like I watched the Oscars every yeah. year. It was my favorite thing. Like I was so excited for the Oscars and I just loved watching movie stars. And I used to think, I just want to hang out with them, you know, because you do feel like Jennifer Garner. I think I, I would love to be friends with right. her. You know, she's just fun. And, but I don't know her. Right. <laughs> and, but I know that, right. you know, and, and today in today's world where YouTubers and Instagram influencers and TikTok and Twitter and all these different things have made us feel that we know these people mm, that's true, and that they know us. That's the scary thing. And you can see that in uh the comments you mm. know when you see the comments on a on a celebrity's uh social page and i mean it's thousands of people who are who think that they know this person right and that this person has any idea who they are right and there's something about that connectability sure that uh is very attractive and actually is very dangerous like i was watching um a psychiatrist talk about this that that there's a very real disconnect that's happening in young people that they actually think they have access to these people and that they actually are friends with them mm -hmm. and like a lot most of us can tell the difference I'm like this person doesn't know who i am right. and even if i comment they don't know who i am right because they have 10 other <clears throat> thousand comments right yeah. like but that's um starting to diminish as as we feel closer and more connected to these people and when you look at influencers somehow they feel more real you know right like we especially it depends on the type you know but these ones that are goofy and don't are not afraid to show you their flaws mm -hmm. and and are real and authentic like it's easier to forget that they're still putting on a show for us right. and, and that getting they're paid still, for it. right exactly <laughs> exactly and even that like what I was talking about is instead of, I, I, I'm seeing like the Casey Neistat who just, mm -hmm. it was like, he just, the way he edited his videos, mm -hmm. but it was very glamorous mm -hmm. and showing us those first class plane seats mm -hmm. and all these other things. And all I, his gear yeah, yeah, I don't see him as much anymore, but right. I see the people who live in a van and right. are driving all over the world right. and are, are living life to the fullest, right? right? These, these fulfillment seeking influencers rather than wealth-seeking influencers. Right. And they're the ones that kids are paying attention to, you know, the aesthetic and beauty. But what is, why do you think? Because that's what they want. We're seeing a shift in, uh, 
some still want to be wealthy. Sure, you know, they want sure. to be able to buy fancy things. Like I've got these kids. I love them so much. But it's like they're a walking billboard for oh. Givenchy and Dior. And I'm like, they just, everything is designer. Everything is brand. I'm like, okay, we get it. You're rich. Like, we understand. You're that rich. Uh, because that's just who right, they are. They right. come from a wealthy family and they show it off. But a lot of the kids, it's not about wealth so much. They want to be happy. They want to feel um, like they've lived life to the fullest. Mm -hmm. and, and I think especially today, people aren't content staying in the same place. Sure. Right? They want to get out there. They want to see the world. And, and you can see the world through these people's eyes. Like I like Kara and Nate on YouTube. They're travelers. I'm pretty sure they're Christians, you know, just based on uh, some of their history. But to to be able to see the world through yeah. them because they're traveling way more than I ever will, right? You know, and there's something very attractive about that. And so, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that because I right I follow stupid accounts on TikTok right. and all these other things too. But there's I think there's a difference between enjoying that content for entertainment purposes right. or even you know saying, oh, I'm never going to travel here, so I'm going to essentially live vicariously through, through these people, right. and trying to use those things to fill some kind of void. Right. And that that's what they're doing. Right. You know, like if you're saying oh, you want to be an influencer, you say, okay, why? Mm -hmm. Like, what are you expecting to get out of it? Like, is right. this something that you want to use to influence people for Christ? Right. Or are you or looking this, for likes? Are you looking for fulfillment <laughs> right. through likes, through traveling the world? Right. You know, because like I was going to say this the other day, it doesn't matter. Like these people living in vans, driving all over the world, it's cool. They're doing a lot of adventurous things, but if they're seeking fulfillment and it, it doesn't matter how far they drive, right. they will never find it, right. you know? And, and so what we have to look at is not, is it bad to be an influencer? But the, the more important question is why do you want to be an influencer? Right. Right. What are you planning to influence people right. for? Right. Because you're making a decision when you get on that screen, what are you influencing people for? Right. And if it's not Christ, it's wrong. You're doing something wrong. Now you mentioned on Sunday when you're here, you, you're talking about, I won't, I won't say that we have a older congregation here. I would say it's a pretty well spread out congregation. Mm -hmm. um, but you mentioned that most people sitting there listening to you at that moment understood, you know, we're not going to be celebrities. We're not going to be friends with celebrities. We've accepted <laughs> that. We can tell the difference. Right. Yeah. And so where do you, do you, do you see from working with kids every day? Is there some kind of shift that happens? Are you worried about this generation as they go out into the world? Like there's not going to be that shift as the, is it a maturity thing? Is it a, wow, they're really missing the mark on what they need sort of thing from a, from a biblical standpoint and maybe even from a worldview standpoint. Well, I'm not worried about ICSB kids, right? Because right. ICSB them, kids right. are getting, uh, are, are being taught, mm -hmm. you know, the, the reality and, and taught biblical truth. Um, so usually, you know, they come in as freshmen and I just shake my head and I'm like, oh my gosh, these people. <laughs> but by the time they're seniors, you know, they're in great shape and right. they really understand the world. You know, our, our kids go off to college and are the smartest ones there, mm. you know, because they are, they have experience, they have an understanding of cultures as right. well. And they came from a rigorous academic, you know, and they are very well prepared and they, in a biblical sense as well, you know, they have that biblical foundation. Um, but yeah, you can see it in 
the teenagers that you watch on social media, you know, and the stupid challenges that they do and the comments that they post on random people's like us, even not celebrities, the way that we talk to each other on the internet, sure, yeah. you can see that in this yeah. younger generation. Um, and it is very worrying because they're not, the vast majority of them are not getting biblical truth, right? you know? And so they are learning what society is teaching them. And that is very destructive as we're seeing. It almost seems like, and again, I have no idea. You've obviously done a lot of research on this, so I'm relying on you. It, it, it almost seems like if I'm not going to say, you know, take Christianity out of it, but it almost seems like religion in general is taking a back seat for a lot of this younger generation, even kids who were, you know, interested in Buddhism or some other religion. It almost seems like religion in general is taking a back seat to more tangible, livable mm -hmm. experiences. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, I mean, you have to serve something, right? And that seems to be what's happening as far as I can see. Yeah. And that's a little frightening to me because not only do I have a little guy, um, yeah. but I know some teenagers and I just wonder what that's going to, how that's going to shape the world in the next 10, 20, 30 years. Yeah. I mean, I think Christianity especially, I think, is really... Uh, you know, has gotten a bad rap sure. in a lot of ways. And so um, I just see so many, I mean, what was amazing, I deleted my TikTok. I got so tired of it. I was spending way too much time on it and it was just making me stressed out. But, you know, you're, you're, I just was like, enough is enough. Well, I have every intention of going to bed early every night and then yeah, I get in my bed and I'm going. like, well, two hours have passed and I've done it. Yeah. So I was like, no, nope, I'm done because I would get into these like my anxiety would start happening because of what they were putting on my for right, you page. Right. And I was thinking, why do you want me to see this? But right. you know what? My for you page was almost entirely either uh, people trying to scare me about COVID oh, or yeah. ex-Christians talking bad about How Christianity. They got out of the church and, yeah. and I was like, why are you showing me this? Mm -hmm. And also, why are there so many of you? And why are you getting so much influence? You know, I don't see that of ex-Muslims or ex- right. like ex-Christians ex and what they call ex-evangelicals mm -hmm. are gaining more and more of a platform because they've been burned. And every one out, of right. them, it's never about being hurt by Jesus, right? It's, it's about the church or the people in the church. And it's like, well, duh, because we're all a bunch of dirty sinners, right. you know, like, uh, but that struggle. And so you see that being elevated, this anti-Christian rhetoric that's yeah. being elevated is making it much more difficult right. raising children. And especially if you're sending your kids to public school and you're, you know, like it's a hard balance for me because as a teacher, if I ever come back to this country, I feel very strongly that I don't want to teach in public school. Hmm. But at the same time, I feel a little bit guilty because we need good Christian teachers right. in our public schools. Right. But it's like, so it's hard because yeah. they want me to teach things that I don't want to teach and right. they won't let me say things that I want to say. Like, I feel like I'd probably get fired in the first week. You that's know, what scares me. Uh, like, yeah. And that's what I mean. So, you know, I, I am a proponent of let's start looking at Christian schools and homeschools for mm -hmm. kids, because if you want to have the power over, you know, a non-politicized, non, um, controlled right. like education for your child that you can actually teach them. Um, and I think if there was one silver lining of the COVID-19 pandemic, it was that more parents 
started going that route. Yeah. Look, whether, you know, they started homeschooling out of necessity um, and now are sticking with it because of what's being taught in schools. And they also learned what was right. being taught in schools. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. They, yeah. It was like eye opening. It's so, it's so easy for us. I mean, I have great parents. I have great relationships with my parents. I hardly ever talk to them about what their kid is doing in class right. because they don't ask, right. you know, and, and, but when you send all your work home and they're watching you teach online, they, they're getting all the curriculum too. And so it, I think it helped parents see, oh, this is the curriculum that my right. kids are learning. This okay is great. This. I'm not right. okay with this. And, and being more knowledgeable about what your kids are being taught in school. Right. Um, and having that control, you know, it used to be all about the parents. Mm -hmm. And I've noticed this, this trend too, that parents want teachers to do more and more in the raising of their own kids. Mm -hmm. And it's like, now I teach at a Christian school. So yes, I will help with morality and that kind of stuff. But in the average teacher's day in life, the job of teaching morality and the job of teaching values, that really belongs to the church and the parents. Mm -hmm. And more and more parents want teachers to do everything. And then get upset with everything. them. When they right. When they're teaching they something they don't like. Right, right. And it's like, well, my job is actually to teach history right. or math or science. You know, your job is to teach them not to steal and lie right. and do these other things and not to cheat. Um, but more and more parents are putting that responsibility on on the teachers. And it even happens in our school, you oh, know. Sure. And um, I just think, listen, there's only so many hours in a day. <laughs> um, so you want me to teach all of this curriculum that there's not enough time to teach anyway. And you also want me to teach them, uh, you know, how to study the Bible and how to, um, uh, you know, how to interact with their friends in a social mm -hmm. manner and how to, uh, you know, not to cheat and lie and steal and why that's wrong, right. you know, and like all of these things. And, and um, I don't know if it's just because we're too busy. And but, I mean, like you said, there's only so many hours right. in a school day. Right. And. You know, it's it's an interesting shift, but yeah, I think the 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 pandemic really did change a lot, and it really showed parents, you know, oh, this is what's really going on mm -hmm. in, in schools, and um, I would like to see some some changes, or I think it's time to, you know, right teach teach my kid myself, or right get him into a Christian school. So to shift a little bit here, because I don't have my glasses on, but I can kind of see we're running out of time. Oh yeah, so. <laughs> so um, We've talked, you, you talked Sunday and we talked a little bit here about the, I, I guess I've kind of focused more on the kid and teen side of things because I know that you're an expert at that. Um, but you, yeah. you gave, you gave your definition of success mm -hmm. after, after uh, explaining what it was to society at large. Um, so I wanted to, I wanted everybody who didn't hear that on Sunday to, to hear that from you um, after, you know, we've been talking about influencers. So this yeah. is <laughs> Yeah, well, and and I think what the what it breaks down to is all of that stuff that influencers do, whether that be gaining wealth or seeking fulfillment or all these things, none of that can make you successful. Like, they can be nice benefits mm -hmm. of life, right? I would love to have money. You know, I would love to be able to buy all the Legos that I want. I would love to be able to have a nice car. I would love that, um, and I don't think it would be it would be sinful for me to have that. Right. Um, but it's, it's about obedience and it's about what I love and where I put my, um, focus. Right. And so, 
you know, what I talked about, it's a, it's, I stole it from compelling truth. Like it's a direct quote. <laughs> Success is obedience to God. Pretty simple uh, is the first step. And which is, you know, empowers me in the spirit to be obedient and motivates me, my love for God, for what he did for me, right? He died on the cross uh, and resurrected for my sin. Mm-hmm. And that ultimate sacrifice should cause me to respond uh, by doing whatever I can for him, by right. doing whatever he asks of me. Um, and so motivated by my love for God, for what he did for me. And then everything I do, whether that's an influencer, uh, a famous actor, a garbage man, an accountant, a lawyer, a teacher, a musician, a writer, whatever it is that it points people to Jesus, right? right? And advances the kingdom of God, because that's literally our purpose for being on this planet, right? Go therefore into all nations and make disciples of all peoples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, right? Matthew uh, 28. Is it 28? Yeah. I think the great commission, but that success is simply obedience to God and pointing people toward Jesus. So it's, it's fine to be wealthy, but you better use that wealth to point people toward Jesus. It's fine to be poor. Okay. So use your hardship to point people toward Jesus, whatever you're doing, point people to Jesus and then let him change their hearts, right? Let him bring transformation you point people in the right direction. Um, and that's success, whatever you're doing or not doing. Right. You know? <laughs> I feel like we could talk a lot more about this, but we are running out of time. So um, I'm going to put some information about OM and ICSB and any other links that you want me to share on here. I okay. will do that. But thank you, Suzanne, for joining us. And if you have any further questions, you can contact us via email, Facebook, uh, YouTube, or, you know, call the church. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you again, Suzanne, for joining us. And we you're will welcome. catch you guys next time. <laughs>